I am Linda. And I'm Sarah. I'm a boomer mom. I'm a millennial daughter. And we're here to talk about relationships. All kinds of relationships. So without further ado, let's, let's get, get relational. relational. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Let's Get Relational. Today, we are discussing how to navigate difficult conversations. Yeah, that's that's been a, a really big one in our lives, um, yep. our relationship, uh, and with people in our lives. Mm -hmm. So first thing I want to talk about for just a second is often when we start to think about having a challenging conversation, we think about what if, and they're all really bad. Really, really bad. Really bad. Like the worst possible scenarios that you could ever uh, come up with, you come up with right then and there when you're thinking about, but what if this could happen? But what about this could happen? This could be a thing that could happen. So you're, yeah. and it's like, you're trying to talk yourself out of the, the uh, conversation by doing that. Or you're, you're, you're um, programming yourself to go into the conversation in a lot of fear-based, yeah. um, you know, really um, unhealthy kind of way to begin a conversation. So uh, I had a friend once who said, instead of what if down, like what if all these terrible things could happen, what if you switched it to what if up? You know, so what if it was a fabulous conversation and we both felt really heard and we felt like it was a turning point in our friendship or a turning point in our relationship that we were able to have that conversation. I remember a turning point with you when we were going through the breakup with your other mom and I remember exactly where we were. We were at the house in, in uh, on Arlington and I was standing on the step and um, I had read a book about divorce poison and about what not to say to your child. And I felt like there was a lot being said to you that um, maybe in and of itself might've been true, but might have been stretched so that you were to think bad things of me. And so, the thing that I, what really stood out for me was I said to you, I am taking a stand for our relationship. And I feel like we've always had a really strong relationship and I'm not letting that go. And so in order to work on that relationship, we have to spend time together. Because one of the things that was happening there was a struggle about was she gonna spend time with me and were we gonna adjust our time because I was traveling for my work. Um, and so, that was a really pivotal place for me where I felt like um, I, you knew I wasn't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. You knew that I was going to be there forever for you and that I was not giving up on what we had. And so for me, the what if, what if up was, you know, what if that's a turning point in our relationship? What if that's a turning point in her knowing that she can always count on me, that uh, I'm not giving up and it's like, I'm not going anywhere. And so, and that is what happened for us. Um, yeah. It was a really big turning point of um, being really clear that this relationship is important. Mm -hmm. And um, we both really valued what we had together. So that's just an example of like kind of a, how a what if up could go. You know, I could have, um, would have downed that and said, oh, she doesn't want to be with me, fine. I'll just like give it up. And I'll, I'll try to say I want to spend time with her, but but I guess I should let her decide. She's old enough to decide. You know, I could have done all of that. And um, I just, and ultimately had she decided she couldn't live with me for whatever reason or didn't want to spend time with me, I would have continued working on it and I would have respected what she wanted. I just want to clarify that part. Um, but to me, we had always been close up until all of this stuff happened. And I just wasn't willing to let that go. I didn't care what anybody else did. Um, yeah. So that's, 
that's a, a what if up for me. Do you have one that you want to give an example of like where you decided that you were going to be brave about a conversation and you decided to assume it could be good? I mean, I think with a lot of the people in my life and with like my friends that they're more likely if something is upsetting, I can just, I'm like, you know what? They've known me for this long now. They're fucking stuck with me at this point. Like, we've had conversations about where, like, you know what? No, we're friends for life now. You can't get rid of me. Um, <laughs> um, so for for the people in my life now, like, I, I know that, like, I can have a conversation that it's going to, um, like, I don't need to worry about being abandoned because that is something that is a wound that will happen. But um, because it's been so long and I know my friends, I also know that they'll listen to me. Um, so I don't necessarily have that fear. It did happen more so in the last relationship that I was in. Um, but I would just, I just kind of went into more of the what ifs of like, you know what? I like, I stopped myself from even thinking what if I was just like, no, 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 we're not just going to go there. We're just going to have the conversation. You can be nervous about it. We're going to have the conversation because it's, it's important for this relationship to be able to move forward by talking about this. So that's more where I came to it. I was like, screw the what ifs. Cause I know where my brain's going to go. Uh, so none of those. And instead just focusing on, okay, this is something I need to talk about because it's just, it's bothering me. And how can I say it in a compassionate and loving and, you know, kind way. So that's where, that's where I focus my, my noggin on. Well, and I think what you did was you, you stayed in the present moment. You, yeah. You, that's didn't, what I, you didn't go to the future. You didn't go to the past. Yeah. You stayed in the present moment. I need to talk about this. I'm going to stay present to yep. what is coming up for me. I'm going to be kind and compassionate and loving and um, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Uh, you know, I'm just not yeah. going to hold back. I'm not going to let it fester. I, I'm going to take yeah. a stand. Whenever, whenever something did come up for me, like I pretty much told for when I was in that relationship, I told like my partner pretty much immediately as it was coming up, uh, I'd be like, okay, I am feeling a thing. Uh, I need to go handle it. <laughs> give me a couple of minutes or give me a few hours. I need to go deal with this real quick and then I'll come back to you and talk about it. What I loved um, about um, what you were doing with that was you knew there were difficult conversations that had to happen. Yeah. Um, it was a fairly new relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, and you went away to look at what the trigger was. You just took a little time out, looked at what was being triggered in you so yeah. you could have a very clean conversation with your partner. Yeah. And be able to just say, oh, th this is what got triggered for me. It's my abandonment wound or mm -hmm. I was feeling like this or I was really confused about this and I have some questions. You know, and how can we um, talk this through? It was a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah. I didn't have those skills at your age. <laughs> Nobody talked to me about most of this stuff at, at your age. I had a little bit of it, uh, but not like you've had in your life. Um, it's made a huge difference for how you do your relationships. Yeah, and, and it has influenced my friends too more that they're more willing. That's part of what happens of them being receptive to having the difficult conversations because I'm gonna like, I'm like, I'm gonna sit down and be like, I love you. You're my friend. You're stuck with me, but we need to talk about this because this could be an issue. So they're like, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then when you're imagining the conversation, imagine uh, how you want it to go. Imagine that you're feeling heard. Imagine that the other person is feeling heard. Don't imagine the outcome. Just imagine that it's going to be a positive outcome that you're both going to be able to get to together. There's a sense of calm like right. afterwards. There's a, like a, like basically a resolution. Right. Think about co uh, a collaborative um, solution. Like think of that collaborative solution being a resolution where everyone, where you're both like equal standing and you feel good about it. 
Yeah. So you don't have to, I mean, I, there are things that I have done in my life where I've actually visualized the particular outcome I want. What I find when you're navigating a difficult conversation with someone in your life is that if you have an attachment to how it's going to be, you're going to try to manipulate the conversation to get there and you won't be fully present to what is and uh, fully present to what's possible. Something far greater could be possible that you don't even know is there. Yeah, it, it might, it may only come to you within that moment in that conversation that you have this epiphany about like, oh wait, this is what I should suggest for a solution. You may not have that if you're so focused on, on, on this one pinpoint um, a, like solution that you're trying to go for that you have all of this attachment to because that's what you think the best outcome is. If you're so focused on that, you're not gonna be open to any of the other possibilities that may you know, be 10, 20, 30 times better than what you've already come up with. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, both of you probably know you have to have the conversation, but it might be more in the conscious mind of one person than the other. If you're having a conversation with your teenage child, they might not have it in their consciousness that that conversation has to happen. They might, but they might not. And so finding a way to just say, to spend some time together and just be together and um, say, you know, something's been coming up for me that I, I just want to check out with you and, and see how you're feeling and share how I'm feeling. Would that be okay with you? Is this a good time for us to do that? So really checking in to see if the timing is right. Yeah. We've talked about this a million times before. Timing's really important, you know, mm -hmm. to blurt it out to somebody, um, to, to tell them at a time when they can't um, respond, um, to tell them in a way that, uh, they don't have the freedom to have a response. Like if it's if it's a terrible thing you're about to tell them you're sick or you're leaving them or um, someone died or whatever, just be cognizant of like wh where you are environmentally and time-wise and all of that. There are some people in the world who just have terrible timing about conversation and they just don't have a, uh, have a good way of, of doing it. Yeah, they just they they blurt it word, out. The word vomit. Word vomit. Of, they're just like, they can't hold it in, they just gotta release it, and you're like, I now I have to go through the rest of my workday having this information, and then kind of completely screws the flow, whatever. So that can happen, you know, at any point. You could be out at a party, you can be out with friends, whatever it is. Um, so it's important to just be aware of where the other person currently is located and what they're doing and who they might be with to tell them, you know, something that could throw off their whole day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or maybe they're going into an important work meeting and you say, yeah. um, we really need to talk. We need to talk tonight when you get home from work. No. <laughs> Such don't, a bad time. Don't say no. Don't do it. No. Um, and, and hopefully in all of your relationships, have some ground rules for how you communicate with each other. And, you know, for us, we don't yell and scream at each other. That That's not what happens. No. We may, uh, at least I will make, you know, frustrated noises at things but like it's not there, there's not that sort of aggressive communication is what I would sort of call that um, uh, it's more of like if we get frustrated we're like okay why are you frustrated with me <laughs> like what's going on here um, kind of but, deal. but from the time she was a child you know I did my work mm -hmm. so I wasn't reacting to her I was responding to her she had freedom to um, feel the feelings she had and to learn how to, to work with them and so if she was upset and crying and I was yelling at her or, um, you know, making her wrong or making her small or whatever, that wasn't going to help her learn how to deal with all those feelings. Mm -hmm. So being able to calmly talk about what it was and, and also set parameters for what's appropriate and not appropriate. This didn't ever happen with us, but I've watched other parents and their kids with the kids like 
talking really badly to the parents. I mean, just so disrespectful and mean. And disrespectful is one thing, mean is another thing. And I was just shocked at what people were willing to tolerate. And, and I just don't agree that you need to tolerate that stuff. No, it's just like, basically, if you tolerate, especially if you're, if you're a parent and you're tolerating that from your child, your child is going to do that to everyone else in their life. Exactly. Like, exactly. They're going to do that to everyone else. And, and, and by being mean, in, in some ways, that's basically bullying. Is that they have, they, they're bullying you. And so by allowing your child to bully you, your child will bully other people in their life. Um, and that's just how they're going to communicate. And that's not healthy. That's not good. Um, so it's important as a parent that you have to set boundaries and the parameters for your child to understand the best ways to communicate and the most healthy ways to, to communicate because they'll be able to bring that to their other relationships as they get older. Um, so if there is, and they'll realize when something is wrong in communication in their other relationships, if you set up those boundaries and teach them those as they, uh, while they get older, you know, from a toddler to like a teenager, so that they, they have awareness of it. So they're not going to put up with things where someone is trying to bully them in a relationship. They're going to be like, <laughs> no, I'm blocking you. Like, <laughs> nah, I'm good. Not going to happen. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's really important to, to really look at how you allow people to talk with you. And this is not just parent-child relationships. This is friend relationships. Oh, yeah. Um, this is um, uh, sister-brother relationships. It is uh, romantic relationships. You know, how do you allow someone to treat you? You have to look at not blaming the other person, but, you know, we teach people how to treat us. And so for you to tolerate that stuff means you're teaching someone to treat you that way. Yeah. And as the more you allow that... Uh, the more that they are going to feel like they're entitled to treat you that way. And um, that's that's not okay. I, and I've worked with a lot of people. And I remember one woman I worked with years ago who um, was a stay-at-home mom. And she was coming into the workforce. And and she was just overwhelmed with everything. And so my assignment was with, to her was to take a bath and lock the door. And she didn't have toddlers. She had teenage and young adult kids uh, and a husband. And I said, lock the door for 15 minutes and tell people that you're not available. And she spent the entire 15 minutes crying and just feeling like she had, not, for decades, had not taken time for herself. And so she had taught everyone that her time and her feelings were not important. And the only thing that was important was that they, she was there to serve their needs. And she had a huge breakthrough just with taking a bath. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. that's an amazing thing. And she went on to be super successful in business, to create a really beautiful balance in her family life, and to um, to teach people that they can be a little more self-reliant, yeah. um, and that she deserved a life too. And it's like, it's little things like that. I mean, sometimes, you know, the work we do with people isn't about some like huge awakening. It's like, take a bath for 15 minutes and lock the door and don't respond. And, yeah. and I can't tell you how many moms, I, I don't, it, maybe it happens to dads too, especially now during all this quarantine time we've had. Um, but the minute you get on a phone call, the minute you have an important meeting, your child or your spouse, someone needs your attention. And so, you know, really having people learn how to do that is, is such a, it's, it's such a great gift because it helps people self-modulate, self-soothe, uh, be self-reliant, um, and it, it makes a huge difference. So one of our ground rules when we established when she was a teenager, well, first of all, when she was younger, it was to be respectful in how we talked to each other. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, I was not a yeller at her. 
Um, I was not a, um, I didn't hit her. I didn't do those kinds of things. I, that just wasn't my way of relationship. Yeah. Um, and then later as a teenager, you know, when I was feeling super stressed and, and um, trying to manage things a lot on my own, um, to be able to say, you know, I need to be able to ask you to do things and, and, um, and have this all work. And she said, Oh, okay. Okay. So I'll do the things, but you have to let me complain about it. I'll do it humorously, but you gotta let me complain. Cause I don't, because it was like, and I still, and I, you know, I still do this. I, and now it's just kind of like a joke that when someone asks me to do things, even if it's like, Hey, can you pass me the salt? I will say no and still hand them the salt. Um, uh, but it's just, it was something where I could, I can get rid of the resistance that I had to doing whatever I needed to do. And then, then I learned to turn it around to my DTT time, i.e. designated thinking time. So, um, so I turned chores into something where I could like, you know, meander into my, you know, brain and think about fantasy worlds and whatever I was reading or whatever I was watching at the time. Um, and sort of, you know, do the things, but have fun while doing it. So I now enjoy cleaning. <laughs> yeah yeah uh it, it, it was amazing because i said to her once when she was fairly young i said why do you not mind doing this and she said oh it's my designated thinking time and she was a writer so she's very creative very very much creating worlds in her head and I'm, and you know conversation at the dinner table was do you like silver hair and blue eyes better or blue hair and green eyes better that's like, what i was oh on, my god you know, in the old days yeah yeah, it was hilarious. Uh, but she spent a lot of time imagining all of those things. So she turned those things that were responsibilities mm -hmm. into ways that she could enjoy them. Yep. And I didn't influence that. I mean, I, the agreement was that she could complain and 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 she couldn't complain in a way that was going to like feel like it was smacking me. No, or... I had to do it. It had to be like I had to giggle at myself and she had to giggle like that. Yeah. That was that was how it needed to go. It would be so. things like, mother, no, I shall not do it. Yeah. <laughs> which I still do to this day because she does fun. she does um, <laughs> and it's like and then then there are times when she's kind of short with me or I'm short with her and and but the thing is we practice so much about our communication mm -hmm. we get it and we'll come back and say oh I'm sorry I didn't mean to do that uh, that's that was really not my intention uh, and sometimes we don't even know we've done it um, yeah and the other thing too is um like we may notice something and then I think sometimes too like we also are aware when we have our own reactions to things. So if it's just when we're like, you know what, this is just my own fucking reaction. I'm not gonna say anything because this is my own shit I gotta deal with. Yeah. Um. So like I do that and I know she does that. So like we, we don't, if we have a reaction, sometimes we just close our own mouths and not say anything <laughs> because it's like, it's just our thing. It's not nothing to do with the other person. It's just us having a reaction. So we're like, you know what, just dip it. We're good. Well, and the interesting thing is, she she um uh, she speaks through her facial expressions, so I oh, often know true. when she's having a reaction. But sometimes I let it go, mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I'll I'll come back to it later. Mm -hmm. I'll say I noticed she had a reaction about that. What what was going on? Is there a different way I could have said that, or did that trigger something that I I'm not clear about? You know, and 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 so it's paying attention to the other people in the relationship. You know, paying attention to how your your friend is reacting. Um, paying attention to the number of times they say to you, I don't feel as smart as you. And it's like, wow, am I being a know-it-all too much of the time? You know, am I, am I spouting off too much about what I know? Not that I'm, I'm doing it maliciously, but am I giving that person enough space um, to be able to share what they know? Um, and, um, 
and is it something that I need to do something about or is it something that's just going to be okay with the passage of time you yeah. know so um, setting some ground rules in your relationship communication in general I think is super important and depending on the, the kind of conversation you might want to say I, I have something to say when you, when you have that time and I, I really want you to just listen for a little while um, and then because I'm feeling really nervous and once I'm, I'm complete I'll tell you that and then we'll take a minute to breathe and then you can um, tell me how that how you feel will that work for you yeah because sometimes um, you know it's if it's a diff difficult conversation topic you know it might be difficult for you to even talk about um, and you may not really want to bring it up because you, there's a lot of turmoil. You like, you know, you need to, but there could be a lot of stuff that's going on, a lot of feelings that you're going to have. So you could also just say, you know, I'm going to do my best to explain what's going on for me. Um, but I may need to stop and take a break and come back to it later because this is a really difficult thing for me to talk, to talk about and discuss with you. Um, so I, I may need to take a couple of breathers before we can fully conclude this conversation. So, and, and, and that's part of taking care of yourself in, in this. Um, you don't want to just bowl through this stuff a lot of the time. Um, you you want to be aware of what you're feeling and where you're feeling it if you're having a reaction or the kind of, you know, just the feelings that are coming up for you and you want to honor them. Um, and if it gets too much for you, if you feel overwhelmed, it is perfectly okay for you to step back because if you're in an overwhelmed state of mind, you're more likely to um, probably say something that you might regret later because you're not exactly thinking clearly when you're in an, a hyper, hyper state, overwhelmed, that kind of thing. Um, it's best to just breathe, take a second, calm down, figure you know what out what's going on for you and then come back to it because you're you'll have a clearer head and be able to say things the way you want to say them yeah and nobody can force you into having a conversation just remember that um, you know that part of self-care can be someone coming to you and saying I really need to talk about this and you're saying this is not a really good time mm -hmm. I really need to wait um, and um, could we talk tonight at 7 so don't like just blow them off entirely unless it's a relationship you don't care about if it's a relationship you care about um, you know, say, I, I, I would love to talk with you about whatever it is, and um, I'm feeling just not up to it right at the moment, and um, I think I'll be okay at seven tonight with that work. Mm -hmm. um, and, and if you're the person receiving that message, respect it. Um, that's your self-care, is respecting the other person and respecting yourself mm -hmm. and, and knowing that if that person cares about you, that they would extend the same courtesy to you. And, and so really, checking in with yourself about are you able to do this are you ready to do this um, do you have the physical resources around you are you warm enough are you cool enough are you comfortable enough do you have your tea you know your water whatever it is to, to be able to do that are you ready with your breathing um, so that you can uh, just hear what needs to be heard because it's just human nature for us to go all over the place you know we, we, we're gonna futurize no matter what we hear coming out of their mouth we're gonna think it's going this particular direction stay present in the moment and the more you're able to stay in the moment you're not deciding this means this person doesn't like you anymore this person doesn't want to be friends with you anymore um, this person is leaving you you don't have to go all those places but to stay present in the moment allows you to really hear what that person is trying to say and you're allowed to be quiet and not respond right away and you're allowed to say i need a little space a little moment here just let me like let all this settle in and i might need to ask you a couple questions 
So, you know, ask for clarification. I can't tell you how many people have made assumptions about things. I mean, crazy assumptions without um, checking out the truth. And yeah. a lot of people aren't really interested in the truth. They're interested in manipulating their way to get the result they want. Mm -hmm. And so the, the most important thing about navigating difficult conversations is staying present to what is for you mm -hmm. and hearing what is present for the other person, the what is for them. And that, if you did nothing else in a difficult conversation, just stay present to yourself, then ask clarifying questions of the other person, that would change the planet. You know, for yeah. people to just like take in what the other person said and say, wait, I get this part, I think. I think you mean this, is that right? Okay, cool. Now, this part, I'm a little confused by this. Are you saying that you like lima beans better than green beans? And you really don't ever want to see another green bean on your plate? Oh, no, 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 that's not what I meant. I really meant that I prefer this, but I don't mind on occasion having the other. Um, and be, but it's like we, we get so tight and scared and we, we start operating from up here. So mm -hmm. the more you can breathe and ground yourself and, and know that you're okay no matter what. So no matter whether you're the person delivering the difficult conversation topic or the person receiving the difficult conversation topic, to be grounded and open and feeling love. And that's one of the things I wanted to say uh, earlier when we talked about beginning with the end in mind. If the, if, the, if the end in mind for you is that you're ending this friendship or the relationship or whatever, then do it as compassionately, as kindly as you can. Yeah. And if your goal is not to end the relationship, do everything as compassionately and kindly as you can. I think if we added compassion to our daily meditations about how can I be more compassionate to other people. Um, you know, I had a situation with a friend the other day where um, she was going back again to this relationship that's very emotionally abusive. And um, I, I was really, uh, I, in some people's minds, a little hard on her, but really asking her what was she getting from that. Um, and so I, I took responsibility the next day to go back and say, hey, I'm just wanting to know how you felt about what happened with that person because that was related to the conversation, something that the person had said to her, which was incredibly emotionally abusive. And um, I said, and how you felt about our conversation, because there were a few of us having the conversation with her, it wasn't just me. And, um, and so we got on the phone and had a really good talk about what was going on. But I took responsibility um, when we'd had a difficult conversation to keep going with it and to come back, because I value the friendship. And to say, here's what, um, I was hearing in that, and it's really hard to see you allowing yourself to be abused in that way. And so I, I hope you get that that's where I was coming from and, and um, just trying to understand what, what you're getting from it. And, um, and in the course of it, I heard how hard the pandemic has been on her and the quarantining. And it's so funny, I was looking at uh, a friend who's in Maui right now visiting, and um, she was out on whale watch cruises and, um, eating in outdoor dining. And it's like, we, we're living in Sonoma County in California where we are supposed to stay only in our own households. We're allowed to go out for exercise. Um, and this is into the 11th month of, of isolation. We've been out, allowed out a little bit, but- um, It started in March. Right, and now we're in January. So, so. It, yeah. So it's, it's, been a, it's been a long while. And, and sometimes you just feel like, uh, there's no other reality except the one you're in. And so I, I, I see this friend on a, a pretty regular basis, but I didn't realize how much that was affecting her. And that's why she was responding more to 
this person who was pretty available, even though she treated her badly, um, it was something she could count on. And uh, that was, that was, so my difficult conversation was coming back and saying, um, I know I was really direct about a lot of the things I said, and I just want to check and see how you're doing. Um, and I, I stayed neutral about what her response was and just wanted to, you know, accept her with hands open and heart open and, and just be a, a space where she could talk more about it and where I could ask clarifying questions about yeah. why, you know, to put up with that kind of thing. Um, so anyway, do you have more to add for any of those categories? No, I think, I think we, uh, we got everything. So to recap, just for a moment, um, is to do your, um, what if scenarios in a positive way before you're having a difficult conversation or stray from thinking about the what if scenarios and settle yourself into the present so you're not thinking about the past or the future that you're just focusing on you know each moment you know second by second minute by minute as you go through the conversation or right. gearing up to the conversation right and if you're like me and it's hard not to imagine those things you can write it out you can talk it out um and and you can write down all of the negative things that could happen but be sure to write down all the positive things that could happen too and imagine the positive things. And then when you get into that conversation, exactly what Sarah's saying, you know, begin with the end in mind. Be present mm -hmm. um, and be compassionate and kind. Don't be attached to the outcome. And honestly, some of us are attached to the outcome. You know, if I'm really in love with someone who's about to break up with me, um, I'm kind of attached to not getting broken up with. But the truth is, what I want to be attached to is the highest and best for each of us. And that's really how I strive to live my life. Um, so I'm going to be devastated if I don't want to be broken up with, but ultimately I don't want to be with somebody who doesn't adore me and want to be with me and, and like thinks I'm number one. Um, yes. and, and, right? <laughs> you know? Very important to just be aware. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, set some ground rules in your communication. Don't wait for a difficult conversation. Um, you know, be able to talk about, Hey, when, when this happens, how can we talk about this? Um, and one of the things I think we should talk about at some point is I was reading something somebody wrote the other day about how their um, partner leaves open all the cab cabinet doors and leaves the dishwasher open and all this other stuff. But they're, they're able to not uh, focus on that and they're able to focus on all these other things that that partner does for them. So they just go and they close the cabinet doors and they close the dishwasher. So in their relationship, they've really learned to focus on what's really important and to figure out the things that matter the most to them and mm -hmm. to allow for each other's idiosyncrasies. Which is good because everyone has them. <laughs> so it's important just to accept people for who they are and figure and really truly be aware of what you find to be the most important. Like not like that they leave cabinets open. It's like a really small minuscule thing in comparison to a lot of what can happen in a relationship. So. Yeah, yeah. And so the final thing we want to remind you of, because you're going to hear this a lot from us forever sure. and ever, and a day. Yes. Um, <laughs> is that self-care is the most important thing. Make sure you're taking care of yourself in the conversation. Um, you're allowed to say not now. You're allowed to say, oh, I need a little space. Um, you're allowed to uh, do whatever you need to to feel safe and secure. And no one can make you have a conversation. Yeah. So no one can make you do anything. So it's, it's you have to consent to it. So right. make sure you're in a place 
you know, the timings are right, you know, you're around the people that you want to be around or you're by yourself, whatever it is, so that you can have that conversation and say no if it's not the right time for you. Um, but, you know, but also, you know, be like it's not the right time. Can we do it here? Can we do it then? Whatever it is. I was at a lecture once of a famous author. I don't want to use her name in case she wouldn't like that. But um, what she was saying was that she had a really good friend who would always say things like, can I be brutally honest with you? And she would say yes. She would let her do it. And then the person would just like destroy her writing or, or just say something really mean to her until finally one day she thought when someone says that, they're asking you for permission to be brutal towards you. Yeah. Think about that. Can I be brutally honest with you? Can I be brutal with you? And so from that day forward, she said no. Yeah. And friendship, I think, dissolved, but I'm not positive. Um, but, you know, really pay attention to whether or not you want to have those difficult conversations. There are people who want to manipulate you. There are people who want to uh, try to down. make you be a certain way, bring you down. Yeah. And you don't have to have those conversations. No, you don't have to have those people in your life, period. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes we have those people and we don't want to get rid of them, but we just don't want to have those kinds of conversations. Yeah, so, so you have options. You don't yes. have to keep them in there, you know, in that certain circle that you have. You can push them out to your outer ring so you don't have as much interactions with them. It's just take care of what you feel when they, people speak to you and whether or not you want them to be speaking to you often. Yeah, exactly. Pay attention, it, it, you know, what, um, especially as we begin this new year, pay attention to what you're allowing in, into your body, mm -hmm. into your mind, into your environment, and, um, like, distance yourself from those people who are uh, energy vampires and who are mean. There yeah. are people, and, and I, I'm not saying anything negative about those people. They're mean for a reason. They became mean because something happened to them. Um, but you don't need to take on their meanness. And it's not your job. You get to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. So... Remember, self-care is number one, and um, that doesn't mean you abandon your children, your partner, your friends, your family. That's not what that means. Um, it means that you get to consider your feelings first yeah. and uh, make sure that your needs are being met. And often your needs have to be met by yourself, um, and uh, you, you're going to just be needy toward other people if you don't do that. So, Self-care. Self-care. Exactly. And until we meet again... We love you. Mwah.